Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life. Encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends, offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview. When I hosted this show in Hawaii, I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. How does God take a two-time captain of the only back-to-back Rose Bowl championship teams in Stanford school history? A first-round draft pick, four-time NFL All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl middle linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings? How does God take a man like that to a career in evangelism and apologetics? This is the story of Jeff Seaman. He's here with his wife, Dawn, ready to share heart to heart with you, my friend, the working of God, the marvelous working of God in the intricate ways he's worked in their life. We pause at the beginning of our show, my friend, to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Radio program is to bring you closer and closer to Jesus Christ. Wherever you've been, whatever you've gone through, whatever challenges you faced, uh, some that you've succumbed to, others that you've prevailed, or whatever it is, we're here to remind you that God loves you and he knows you. God loves you so much. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. Jesus shed his precious blood on that cross to wash your sins away. He was buried And three days later, he rose again from the grave. And the living Christ, who has touched Don and Jeff Seaman, he will touch your heart today. And it's our our prayer and our hope that you would respond to Jesus, that you would open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your Savior and Lord. Jeff Seaman graduated from Stanford in 1972. He got his degree in history. Since retiring from the Vikings, he earned a master's degree in Christian apologetics from Simon Greenleaf School of Law. He served as an area director with Search Ministries for over 30 years. Jeff is married to Don. They've been married for 45 years. By the way, they met at Stanford. They have four grown children, eight grandchildren. And they live in Edina, Minnesota, Jeff and Don. They attend Grace Church of Eden Prairie. Jeff and Don, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Jeff, where did you grow up? I grew up in Bakersfield, California, which is a city of about 100,000 now. It wasn't that big when I was growing up, but in the southern part of the San Joaquin Valley, kind of right, almost smack dab in the middle of California. Well, what was it like for you? growing up there in Bakersfield? Well, it was a good place to grow up, I think. Um, Now, I will say that I, um, kind of a turbulent uh, family life. My mother was a severe alcoholic, and my dad a physician that uh, had long hours and wasn't the kind of man that was given to uh, 
opening up his inner life. And so it, it, it was a tough life. I had a brother, four uh, siblings, a brother just uh, after me who was a severe alcoholic, uh, died uh, an early death in his early 20s. Uh, drug-related, and a sister just below me who uh, also struggled with alcohol abuse. So there, there was a lot of turbulence in the family background, but uh, somehow, by God's grace, uh, I survived it. Mm. How about you, Don? Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Hawaii, the paradise of the Pacific, <laughs> and I had a pretty idyllic life. My father was a hotelman here on Waikiki, and I had one sister in a family that was very loving and um, it just gave me uh, all that I needed emotionally as well as physically. So I was very blessed, very blessed. Hmm. Jeff, who influenced you most in your growing up years? Boy, that's a good question. Um, you know, I had respect for my father. He was an eye doctor and um, a little less so for my, my mom, as I said, was a severe alcoholic, and, and so even though I had concern for her and so forth, it, it, it had a deep impact on our family, and, and so, you know, I tended to look toward, uh, I, early on in life, it was clear I was going to have some athletic uh, future, and so I looked up to sports figures and so forth, like a lot of young boys do, and, and, and I did as well. My dad loved sports, too, so, you know, it, it fit in nicely with uh, my uh, priorities and, and tendencies. Um, so anyway, that was uh, kind of growing up in Bakersfield in those Breaks. days. Breaks. How about oh, you, oh, Don? One, well, I'm sorry. Uh, my wife reminded me. She's my memory here. Probably the, <laughs> one of the most influential per people in my life was my high school football coach, Paul Briggs, who was a giant mm -hmm. of a man in every way you could imagine, kind of a philosopher as well as a coach and just a guy of great respect and dignity, and, and probably of all people in my early life, uh, he was the one that influenced me most of all, I think. Well, okay, so what would Paul Briggs say? Uh, you know, you mentioned he's somewhat philosophical, mm. but well, what, what stands out? Things well, that he said, yeah, things that he did? Sure. Well, he was a coach, and um, but more than that, almost a philosopher. In fact, he would quote philosophers periodically. Um, you know, he believed in um, giving of yourself to a greater a cause greater than yourself. I think that was the the theme that was uh, eminent uh, mm -hmm. throughout that high school football. Uh, all through my four, three seasons there, played uh, yeah. freshman football my my first year, mm -hmm. and then three years with the varsity. Um, so, you know, he just, uh, he was a very moral man and, and he taught a morality, not, not so much a spirituality, although there was behind it all, I think was the belief in God in a very general way. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, but anyway, just a, a guy of tremendous respect and admiration, not just by me, but by the entire team, as a matter of fact. And Don, how about you? Uh, who influenced you most there in your growing up years? Well, I really would say my parents, for sure. They were, you know, people of great um, kindness and generosity, hospitality. Um, my parents spent a lot of time um, with the people who came to the hotel repeatedly and brought them back to our home and entertained them. And my mom and dad brought me to church every Sunday, and so I had a, a belief in God 
but it was really just that, uh, just a kind of a generalized belief that there was a God out there, but I really didn't know a whole lot about him mm-hmm. until later when I went to college. So, but it was a, I, you know, I, I admired my parents so much and um, really had a lot of respect for them. Jeff, how did you become a Christian? Well, it's a long story. I'll, I'll narrow it down here to just a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I think I may have mentioned, I came out of an alcoholic family. My mother was a severe alcoholic, a lot of turbulence in the family, five, uh, uh, four siblings, five of us all together, a lot of fighting and arguing and so forth that, that I recall. Uh, I also remember uh, tremendous insecurity. Um, even, you know, even though I had some assets and abilities and so forth, I, I, I just felt really insecure as a young man and felt the only way out of this was to succeed. And so that was my path in life was to, you know, God had given me some athletic ability, obviously, and so that was the the, the route I was going to pursue. But also in terms of my academic life, I knew that was important too. So, you know, I, I fed those two things and, uh, you know, and I earned a, a sense of uh, visibility in that high school, junior high and then high school, and was respected, I think, but never felt secure. Always felt that uh, I had to continue to prove that I was worthy of the respect and admiration of those around me. So anyway, that was my uh, my approach to life, uh, at least through high school, through that freshman year in college, uh, first year at Stanford when um, you know, I came into a relationship with Christ, and, and that changed my life uh, forever. Was that with Campus Crusade? Mm-hmm. Well, it was. Um, yes. I, initially, it was um, someone who shared, came by my dorm room one day and shared their faith with me. I don't think that was Crusade necessarily, but it was shortly after that I got involved with Crusade and, and uh, learned what it meant to follow Christ and uh, how to share my own faith. And so... Uh, that was a real delight for me, those four, uh, those four years at Stanford. So what was it? What was it in the process that took a, an intellectual, an athlete of high stature to, uh, to open his heart to the Lord Jesus? Yes. Well, I think we all do out of a point of need. All human beings have need, obviously. I think sometimes God gives us... Uh, a greater measure of need, and for me, it was a devastating knee injury. My freshman year in, at, in, at Stanford, the second game of the season, as a matter of fact, playing UCLA, I'll never forget it. Uh, I tore. You have four major ligaments in each knee. I tore three and a half of them, if you can believe that. The doctor said when he opened my knee, you could look right down through the joint because all the connective tissue was gone. And it's rare that people recover from this. I didn't know how bad it was at the time. I'm glad I didn't. Um, but it was the, the, ter- the old terrible triad, you know, and usually you tear one, maybe two ligaments if it's really bad. Three is pretty unusual. And, and both cartilage, too, were torn. So, so that was how the Lord got my attention, <laughs> and, and he really did. And I will add, add to this. Um, I had dated a girl in high school in, in Bakersfield, California, where I grew up. And she eventually went to UC Davis, a college not far from Stanford, and she had been, she came to faith in Christ, I think maybe her sophomore year in high school, and began sharing and praying with me. I wanted initially not to have anything to do with it, but uh, after this incident, uh, boy, the Lord had really brought me to my knees, obviously, and and I think her prayers and, uh, you know, God's direct intervention in my life, I I came to a uh, real faith in Christ. As a result, I think the Lord used that knee injury primarily as a way of showing me the, the desperate need I had, 
well beyond a knee injury, <laughs> but uh, but it was the knee injury that helped me understand, you know, my inherent uh, human need for for uh, faith in Christ. Definitely got your attention. Mm-hmm. He sure did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we talk about human needs uh, quite often. Uh, these moments come in with points of debilitation, um, mm-hmm. things that we we certainly don't expect, never want, uh, but when they they happen, these life events, they are transforming. Today, dear one, as you listen to Jeff and Don Seaman, in this time where we are graced by God to have their sharing heart-to-heart with us, perhaps you are facing one of those life-shifting moments. You see, Danny, you're saying it easy, man. You're saying it, you're saying it too light. Uh, this is a life-breaking moment for me. My life is falling apart. There are things that are coming apart at the seams, and I, you know, I, I might have felt like stuff wasn't right, but now it's just unraveling. Well, dear friend, this is a God moment for you because what the Lord has to share through Jeff and Don, I believe will be a word that will bring you hope. And this hope is found in Jesus Christ. When we come back from our break, more from Jeff and Don. Jeff Seaman obviously recovered from that devastating knee injury. He became a consensus All-American his senior year. He won the Dick Butkus Award for the best collegiate linebacker. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Now, did I mention Super Bowls? Did I mention all pro appearances? Jeff Seaman and his wife Dawn when we come back. Stay with us. The road of desperate life Aimlessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. 
I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. You're listening to the Good Life Radio program. You say, Danny, what are you talking about? Football? Well, this standby. I've got Jeff Seaman and his wife, Dawn, with us today, the Good Life Radio program. Thanks for joining us today. Jeff, uh, a walk back in time. What was it like playing for Bud Grant? Well, you know, Bud has an image of being a, a real severe disciplinarian. People that have seen him from a distance see that there's almost never a smile on his face. And uh, it's really not the, the right um, picture of Bud. Bud actually is, you know, he's, he's humorous. Uh, he's got a, a real personality. Uh, he's a lot easier to play for than probably people would expect as they, you know, see him again from a distance. But, uh, you know, he's consistent. Um, he has certain beliefs about football and what's required, and he doesn't uh, vary from those at all. So you know exactly what to expect. Um, and uh, he was a great coach, you know. Obviously, you don't do exceedingly well without great players, too, and he had some of those. But but I think uh, there were certain um, qualities in Bud that, um, that, that caused a lot of us to really want to, you know, we all want to play well and we want to succeed and we want to give all that we have. But uh, with Bud at the helm, I think there was an added incentive to do exactly that. And so he got the most out of his players. Danny, I want to jump back for just a quick minute. So, Jeff, your in- injury is the second game of your... Freshman football season at Stanford. Okay, yeah. so you have surgery sort of immediately. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you are ready to go again for your sophomore year I was. on varsity? Yeah, I was amazingly. You know, tore, as I said, three and a half of the four ligaments, Ooh. four major ligaments in your knee. Usually a bad injury is one and a half or two mm. at the worst, but I tore three and a half. So it was you doctor know, said. Suzanne, yeah, you, you, you make a, a good point when you, when you ask that question because especially back then, I mean, the, the, the surgery uh, hadn't evolved to what it is today, right? Right. So, I mean, wouldn't it have, I mean, gosh, even in the 80s, uh, one ligament might have taken nine months, they mm-hmm. might say, to recover. So how, how, how did that happen? How did you recover so relatively quickly? Right, I I would have to say the Lord, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, beyond that. Dr. Bailing, who is a great doctor, he's a Stanford team doctor until actually fairly recently. Um, I know he he knows his work and he did a great job, but beyond that, I think the Lord was in this because it's rare for someone to have uh, such an injury like that and to even recover well enough to to play football again. Usually that's that's not in the question. You know, it's a matter of being able to run again. That that's what I was right. told. If you can run again, mm-hmm. you've done well. But here I was able to to play again. Well, for and four, then played four, for three years, evidently yeah. without further injury to the mm-hmm. knee. Yeah, played three years at Stanford, and, and then, then how about 11, with the Vi- eleven in the pros. So <laughs> wow, that's then. amazing. Yeah, yeah. praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to the Vikings. Yes. Uh, Alan Page. What was it like playing with him? Well, you know, Allen was a great defensive tackle. Um, yeah. He was known for his tremendous quickness, just off the ball. As soon as that ball was snapped, he was in the backfield. And, that, and I think that was the, really the source of his greatness. Uh, he was, um, you know, <laughs> for a middle linebacker, it could be a bit of a challenge because Allen, you know, every lineman, every end linebacker has a hole, H-O-L-E, um, 
that you're responsible for. And uh, so every hole is filled by either a linebacker or a defensive lineman when the ball snapped. And Alan, he was a little bit of a freelancer, so he mm-hmm. never quite knew where he was going to go. And But he was so quick that uh, it was just hard to block him. And so, you know, I think the defensive uh, coaches let him get away with a lot of the freelancing. And it wasn't all, all that much freelancing, but there was some freelancing. But he he was a great player and played a long time and, and as a result, he's been a, a perennial All-Pro, is and was a perennial All-Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, he, he had you back there for him too, huh? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <linebacker. laughs> hopefully, yeah. And, and others. You, I wasn't you, alone you can, in that. <laughs> yeah, you, you contributed to his freedom. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way hey, to put it, I guess. Hey, yeah. uh, so, so, Jeff, uh, Suzanne, you know, not many people have the perspective that Jeff Seaman has, meaning that he was able to stare Kenny Stabler uh, and uh, uh, Bob Greasy and yeah. uh, uh, I mean, we're talking Terry, Terry Bradshaw, Bradshaw mm-hmm. uh, eye to eye, eye to eye. Uh, uh, Jeff, what was it like? I mean, I'm, I'm, these come to mind. Sure. What was it like staring them eye to eye? Well, let's say Kenny Stabler in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what went through sure. your mind? What, what did you feel? Well, a lot of anxiety, I'll have to confess. I, I wish I was, had been a player that uh, put all fear out of my mind, but I wasn't able to do that. And, and I think that maybe that's motivated you know, being able to play reasonably well, too. And I think all people out there usually are fairly fearful you know, <laughs> just because the enormity of the, whether it be a, just a regular season game or a playoff game or the Super Bowl, you know, the highest level, there, there's so much pressure. And I think being able to deal with the pressure is such a big part of, you know, the, being able to success, succeed in the NFL or in college or high school, frankly, for that matter. So um, anyway, the, um, so let's see, it was uh, Kenny Stabler. Yeah, and yeah, for the Oakland Raiders and mm-hmm. uh, Terry Bradshaw, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. for the Steelers, and then uh, who am I Bob missing? Greasy. Bob Greasy for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, my, my wife's a better mm-hmm. fan than I am. So. <laughs> but Danny, I want to tell you, I'm sitting across the counter here from a very good-looking, hokey guy. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of thinking about what those guys were thinking, looking back at Jeff. Uh, uh, that, that, this was no I'm... small deal. <laughs> Uh, he was staring them down too. I <laughs> think so. <laughs> I was mincemeat compared to some of those guys. <laughs> uh, how I did think, God call you? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go I, ahead, I think you're there. I want to know how Don got to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly, we were talking about needs, and we all have needs. And um, I think my needs were filled most of my life by, as I said, my parents, my loving sister. And, you know, people, I've heard a lot of testimonies before, and a lot of people say they had, like Jeff, had a difficult childhood and, uh, you know, wished that they had had loving parents, and I had it all. But I went away to college and um, spent a, you know, year kind of making friends and going out on dates and going to school and uh, by Stan- Stanford, by the way, was three men to one woman. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe four to one. I'm not sure. <laughs> and so I, I really, by my sophomore year, I was, I was in need. I knew that I had a need that my parents couldn't fill, my sister couldn't fill, dating couldn't fill. Um, and I was just really, uh, you know, I was searching. And my roommate's uh, father was a 
pastor in Palo Alto. She was from uh, nearby Stanford. And she said, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday night? And I did. I hadn't gone to church once since I had gone to college, just because I nobody really was. And so, um, and who would be there? But the man I'm sitting next to giving his testimony about how he came to know Jesus as his personal savior. And I have heard that testimony a thousand times. It's very clear how to accept Christ. But for some reason, it says there's a veil over our eyes, and they still had that veil. I wanted what he had, but I didn't know how to get there. And so I did go home and prayed that night. I had always prayed, and, and I said, God, I want what that guy has, but I don't know how to do that. And bring someone into my life that will explain that to me. And I know this sounds kind of unreal because it's it's so amazing but literally i don't know if it was one week or two weeks but it was in within one or two weeks i got a call from a young man named jeff seaman who because of somebody else who had encouraged him to ask me out on a date he asked me for a date he didn't even know i was at that church service it was totally the lord and so we went out. I asked him a bunch of questions about his faith, and um, he encouraged a, a, a Campus Crusade young woman to meet with me for lunch. And that day, in the middle of hundreds of people at an outdoor, um, you know, area for eating, Trusted uh, Union, this girl went over the four spiritual laws with me about how God loved me and loved me so much he died for me and that I just needed to accept that gift of love and salvation and I did and um, praise God I mean it was we continued to date and um, we had decided that we wanted to put God first we went to a bunch of conferences on uh, Christian marriage and and uh, living a Christian life, and we got married about a year later. <laughs> Praise God, here in Hawaii, as a matter of fact. So it was, it was quite a catch, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I always say he loved Hawaii, and he—I yeah. was the closest way to get there. No, so <laughs> no, no, no. Although I did love Hawaii, <laughs> that was way down the list. <laughs> yes. So God you, was very present in that. Did relationship. you know, Don, that uh, his his path would eventually? or possibly lead to the NFL? You know, I, I that was certainly, um, you know, evident that he was probably going to play. I did, we didn't know where, and, uh, um, but yes, I, I did. And I, you know, honestly, I had, I, I liked football, and I certainly enjoyed watching him play, but I didn't have any idea it would be 11 years. I thought, well, maybe a few years, and then we'll go on to something else, but... You know, God did use him and really did use him those 11 years that he was playing. Uh, he, he spoke it. I always say every father-son banquet, every, you know, FCA huddle. I mean, he was very, very active all those years. And, of course, since then has been as well with Surge. Were you married wow. in college? No, we had just both you graduated. You had graduated. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, who wouldn't want to have Jeff Seaman come? I mean, I think he, he was on the, the Christian uh, talk circuit is what I'm hearing, and they wanted it to hear. But uh, when we come back from our break, more from Jeff and Don Seaman. Uh, when you think about football, uh, when I think about football, and maybe someone today listening is a is is sort of going back with me during this time. You think about bone-crushing hits on people like Mark Van Egan or Larry Zonka. 
or Franco Harris. And uh, if they were playing the Vikings, uh, it was laid by Jeff Seaman. But the Lord, in the cracking of bones, in the cracking of pads, was working in people's hearts, breaking things down so that hearts will be softened for the gospel. And Jeff is here to share, Jeff and Don, what the Lord has done after retiring from the NFL. A new ministry emerged for their lives that spans decades. Even to this day, the ministry of Jeff and Don Seaman still continues. And I believe will continue to grow strong for the Lord. And we're blessed to have them with us today, speaking heart to heart with you, with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. the road of desperate life Aimlessly beneath the barren sky Leave it to me James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview. When I hosted this show in Hawaii, I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. You're listening to The Good Life Radio Show. Danny Yamashiro here with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing in this moment with us. Uh, Jeff and Don, uh, after 11 seasons with the NFL, how did God call you to full-time ministry? Well, um, I had I mentioned I'd come to faith in Christ as a freshman at Stanford, and so got involved with Campus Crusade for Christ and small groups, had a ministry on the team. And when I came to the Vikings, um, you know, I felt nothing really had changed. God had, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, the Lord has called us to be a, a you know, a fragrance unto him. And uh, so I wanted to do that among my Viking teammates, too even though, frankly, I'll tell you, I was quite intimidated, you know, seeing a lot of these uh, grisly old veterans and the lifestyles and the language and mm. you know, everything you could just imagine. And, and yet, you know, I just assumed that if I would be faithful, that, that the Lord would give me opportunity, and, and he did over that period of time. 
And so, you know, as, as time went on and I began to see the end of my career, um, I, I had to start thinking about what I was going to do with my life. I knew that whether I was going to be in a, the secular world or the sacred world, I would always be a follower of Christ. That would be pre- preeminent in my life, and I would use whatever platform that he gave me as a way to honor him and, and promote his, his, his name. Um, you know, as, as, a, as a search staff person, you know, which I now am, you know, that's what we are really called to do is to help. Um, we work primarily with lay people but to help them uh, honor Christ and promote the, the name of the Lord, where, whatever they're doing among the people that they're rubbing shoulders with, either in neighborhoods or in the business world, um, to, to love people, to pray for them, to seek to find ways to uh, into their lives. And often, it's frankly, it's through the problems of life where people begin mm-hmm. to see their real need. And uh, so uh, anyway, that's, that's kind of how we have operated uh, with, in search ministries. A lot of small groups. We, we have a, a large event we do, oh, probably monthly. We call it Straight Talk, um, which is maybe populated by four or 500 people. Um, and a lot of the people that come are people that we would call seekers, people that, that really haven't uh, settled for themselves, whether there is a God, whether Jesus Christ is his son. And, and so uh, there usually is opportunity at those events to, uh, uh, to at least uh, draw close to Christ, if not place their faith in Christ uh, at those, uh, we call it straight talk, straight talk event. Share, share a little bit more about maybe one or two examples of, of, of people who have come as seekers to a street talk event sure. and eventually you led by God to uh, lead them to Christ. You bet. Yes. Um, well, let's see. Uh, there was um, actually a couple people on our staff right now um, are uh, people that had come to one of these straight talk events um, without, you know, having uh, settled things in their own mind as to if there is a God, if Jesus Christ is his son and and so we're really introduced to Jesus Christ uh, through uh, the, the ministry of our, as I said, our straight talk ministry, which is part of search ministries. And, and over time, uh, usually our, our strategy is to invite these people to be involved in a small group. And uh, this group is typically a group of, of similar people that are still, we, we call it kicking the tires, mm-hmm. you know, have an opportunity to come and ask questions and, and, and um, you know, even if they have objections to to be able to share those objections freely without feeling as though someone's going to, you know, jump down their throat. <laughs> so there's there's a freedom to do that. Um, and uh, and then over time, you know, as we pray for these people, as we share, uh, sometimes during the course of the small group meeting, sometimes it might be a lunch, a breakfast at another time. Um, by God's grace, we see a lot of these people come to faith in Christ and really um, you know, uh, stick their necks out and then begin to have a ministry in their own circle of relationships. Uh, we really encourage people to begin to pray for those in their own world, um, to um, uh, those that, that don't have a relationship with Christ, or at least don't seem to have a relationship, and begin to pray for opportunities that God would provide uh, to begin to have conversations with these people and, and ultimately, as we pray and have conversations, be able to share the, the, our faith in Christ with them. And the Lord's uh, really been faithful over these many years as we've seen uh, scores and scores and scores of people come to a real salvation uh, through Jesus Christ. And even some of them coming on staff. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, Wonderful. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they come full circle. 
and it's been a, a joy to be a part of all this. What lessons has the Lord taught you in 45 years of marriage? Of course, now you spend marriage in as NFL athletes and family, and now marriage in ministry. And now you're going to direct that to Dawn first and let her talk about that, aren't you, Danny? <laughs> I can. I can answer that. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if your husband is in you know, football or the business world or uh, any other world. You know, there are always issues and in marriage and you know, parenting. And we have certainly gone full <laughs> full on with that we've I mean I think the stress of 11 years playing that's that, that is difficult on a marriage but again we were a team on that team uh, I love to have people in our home and we had many players come and we had potluck dinners and Bible study and so that really drew us together and um, but I, I think just the fact that we prayed together uh, about the season and, and what he was going to do during the off season, and then that that transition to ministry was a you know a faith producing one um, because we we knew God would show us we just we sort of thought it would be before it happened and as God often does he just tells you when you need to know and so we uh, after that year of his master's in Christian apologetics it was a just a really a God thing that brought us to search and ministering together for those 30 some years uh, or have been 33 years um, we have gone through you know the normal things of life parenting difficulty in parenting Um, we have a daughter who is a single mom and going through all that and grandchildren appearing and just all the things that everybody goes through but to put that under the framework of a how god okay lord we have this in our lives now what do you want us to do with it so we were a team always have been a team doing that and i mean i think god has blessed our marriage with um, an openness to one another we are best friends and uh, we enjoy being together um, we're not perfect. We've certainly had our challenges, but what? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Far but it from is, perfect. <laughs> but it is, you know, that's too. God uses that. I mean, we. I one of the sweetest ministries we've had is with people who've, whose children have had have had children without being married, and and um, we have you know loved coming alongside of people and with couples with that that situation as well as with you know other situations that things that have gone on so god has really uh, blessed our ministry together for sure don jeff i suzanne let's go a little bit deeper someone may be feeling this right now as we speak Uh, maybe in a husband-wife relationship there may be a period right now of discouragement Mm. because and things may have been going so well. You know, maybe they've done some repair work in the past and they've been doing so well. Maybe even in parenting. The parent-child relationship has been going so well. Maybe it's a teenager right now. And just, you know, something takes place and it seems like there's a an ignition and an explosion. 
And it makes a parent feel like, man, I'm starting way back there again after all the progress that was made. Maybe a wife feels that she said something to her husband or a husband said or did something and knows that it just horribly offended his wife. And they're discouraged. And they think, they may be believers even right now. And they're thinking, how could I? And all these thoughts swirl in their minds and they feel like giving up. What would you say to them? in that situation. Have you ever been there? Uh, can, can you relate? Uh, if so, what would you say? Well, for sure, we, we're promised by the Lord that, uh, you know, in, in this world, there, there will be tribulation. I think that comes with the territory. Um, I think if we're not preaching that to new converts, then we're not being honest with them. This is a f- terribly fallen world. And, and we carry some blame with us too, frankly. You know, we're still fallen people, uh, being transformed by the love of Christ. I'm not the same person I was. I thank God for that. I've got the Holy Spirit who's continuing to work on me over time, but I am not a perfect person, and, and I will make mistakes, you know, uh, some of them intentional, some of them unintentional. Um, and, uh, and God continues uh, through Christ to be uh, I'm a work in progress, and, and we all are. And so I think, uh, first of all, we, we need to, to own up to the fact that we are, even as followers of Christ, who seek to help others come to the same saving relationship, that we are also a work in progress, who constantly need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit as we go uh, from day to day. So I think that's, uh, that is really crucial and critical. I've, I've seen a lot of Christians uh, kind of crash and burn I think, uh, frustrated by their own uh, fallenness. And, you know, I, we need to remind them that this is, you know, we, we kind of drag this into our new life in Christ. And, and over time, we, we, by God's grace, we see um, a, a winnowing process taking place where he's building into our lives and removing some of these, uh, these difficult issues that used to plague us. But it often takes time and uh, takes uh, you know, a lot of people... You know, even in this life, never uh, are able to exercise all of their demons, even as followers of Christ. When I say demons, I'm talking about problems uh, that, that plague us in, in life. So, so um, you know, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus says, I've overcome the world. And, and mm-hmm. so uh, we will continue to tribulate, <laughs> mm-hmm. but Don, also rejoice. <laughs> how about your perspective? Yes, well, I would agree with Jeff for sure. Um, I think that you know having having the attitude of wanting to i want to be uh, the best wife i can be the best helpmate i can be to jeff and if if i'm going to have resentment or bitterness or hold grudges i can't be that and so i think when we have come across uh, difficulties of which which we have i think the best thing I have done is to, you know, to come to him in a honest and loving um, position of of uh, openness and say, you know, I'm struggling. I'm. This is not. This is something we need to work on, or something that we can, uh, we need to to do uh, to be different, to act differently toward one another, or to treat people, treat each other differently. So and and I am I have to say I'm very thankful I have a husband who listens to that and takes it to the Lord and I know some women do not and uh, for them I you know and I have those 
have had relationships, friendships with with women like that. But to take that to the Lord and continue to pray and be the kind of person that Jesus wants us to be in that marriage, um, I think, you know, it, there is no simple answer, but God is the answer, ultimately. Jesus is the answer, and um, and he will be there, you know, for each of us uh, in, our, in the difficulties, whatever that is, whether it's with our husbands or our children or relationally. Um, you know, I, I think that's just trusting God and, and as Jeff said, um, realizing that, you know, we have some blame of our own to acknowledge, but also just trusting that he will, he will be there for us. And waiting really with open arms. Yes. Yes. Beckoning yes. us. Yeah. Come to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yes. right. Thank well, these you. are words of hope from mm-hmm. Jeff and Don <clears throat> Seaman. When we come back from our break, uh, we'll strengthen ourselves by God's grace, strengthen one another in the Word, Mm. and strengthen one another in a time of prayer. Maybe at this moment you say, "Ah, Danny, I I need some oxygen, man. I need some oxygen in my life, The, the oxygen of prayer, someone praying for you, someone reminding you that you're not alone. Well, Jeff and Don are here, sent by God at this moment Mm -hmm. for such a time as this. In the name of Christ, dear friend, to remind you of the love of God for you and the presence of God in your life, in your situation right now. When we come back, more from Jeff and Don and Suzanne and myself, a word from the scriptures and a time of prayer. Mm -hmm. Jeff and Don Seaman. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back with more. Danny's last name is Yasha. of Danny Yamashiro Ministries. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. 
a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Jeff and Don Seaman are with us. We've got just a few moments left, uh, Jeff and Don. Your favorite scriptures in those times when you need to strengthen yourself or strengthen one another in the Word amidst periods of discouragement. One of the scriptures that Don and I have, I think, leaned on through some of the struggles of life that we have faced is 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12, where the Apostle Paul says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels or jars of clay to demonstrate that uh, the the ultimate uh, treasure uh, is Christ. uh, to, uh, I, I, Can you just read it for yeah, me, Jeff? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think yeah. our listeners need to hear yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah. I've got to find the right uh, translation here. <laughs> okay. um, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Um, and it goes on to say that we are persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might be manifested in our mortal bodies. So death is at work in us, but life in you. I think the idea there is that the Christian will often bear the burden of the non-believer, and um, and and you know face some of the death that they're experiencing to produce ultimately life. So that individual can uh, see that uh, they're forgiven, and that there is hope at the end of the the rainbow, and uh, that you know that, that God will prevail in the end. And I want our listeners to know you didn't need to read it. He did that from memory. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Don, do you have a favorite scripture? Yes. Well, my favorite scripture is Matthew five sixteen about we're um, to be instruments of joy for, um, for this world that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. But my recent one, um, which I have been... Um, holding on to is Romans fifteen thirteen, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think as we get older and we uh, have more difficulties in life and more uh, disappointments, um, we need God's hope. And that's, it, it comes from him that he has a plan. He's in charge. He knows what he's doing, and I can trust in him. So, sometimes Don, can you lead us, go lead ahead. us in a prayer. We've just mm-hmm. got a few minutes mm-hmm. left, a couple minutes. If you can pray, and then, um, and Jeff, you pray as well, and we'll wrap up that way. Pray for someone today. Father, we thank you for this time together in which we could share the, the great hope we have in Christ. Lord, we know that uh, you are ultimate. Um, the giver of all good things, and that, uh, Lord, any any hope we can have in this world and the next is is rooted in you. So, Father, I'd pray for anyone that's listening uh, today that uh, they would understand and and be uh, draw close to you. Uh, you have told us, Lord, that you're you're always available, and all we need to do is to repent of our sin and to open our large lives and hearts to you. And so, Lord, I pray that there are any out there listening, even today, that 
they would take that step of faith and uh, receive you into their lives. You who are knocking at the door of our lives and always available to open that door and and come in and be with them. And so, Lord, we ask that uh, even today. Don? And Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to share our love for you with others today. And thank you for the blessing of um, life in you. Mm-hmm. And be with those who are here uh, listening, Lord. May they have hope that they do have a future with yes. you. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, Jeff and Don Seaman praying for you, dear friend. And it really is our heart for you in the name of Christ mm-hmm. and Christ's presence touching your heart today uh, in a very unique way. I've been blessed, haven't you, by our time together with yes. Jeff and Don mm-hmm. Seaman. Encouraging words from Jeff and Don Seaman. God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, hey, I believe this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Jeff and Don Seaman. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora. Creative Director Brian Torres, Web Designer Shana Kusumoto, Social Media Director Luke Yamashiro, and Guest Coordinator Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.